power on. Whew, just coming off of Comcast potentially charging you an extra $100 if you go over 1.2 terabytes of data usage for your internet connection, baby. <laughs> I, you could laugh so hard you could cry. <laughs> Not that that's what this episode is about, but you know, there are so many moments in the almost decade history of sovereign tech where I can say, I told you so. Well, this is one where I told you so. Uh, in fact, I've told you so for years. Now, years that eventually Comcast was going to start doing this to consumers, uh, that, you know, where, where they would end up charging you more, uh, you know, for, well, I think what was the numbers? It was something like $10 for every 50 gigabytes you go above 1.2 terabytes, but then they limit that at a hundred dollars and they probably will start throttling you once you hit that hundred dollar mark whatever speed you happen to get from them. And most people deal with horrendous speeds, frankly, from Comcast throughout the country. Uh, but you know, like we just talked about in the most recent episode of sovereign tech, uh, how do you feel about watching that 4k content now feeling pretty good about that? Knowing that it's probably going to cost you at, you know, well, I don't want to say at least, but I, I guess at most another hundred dollars a month. And then if they throttle after that fact, Good luck even being able to view 4K content. Told you, bait and switch. That's what it was, bait and switch. They they wanted to get you hooked on that amount. That way they could just start, you know, sucking up the, as soon as you start going over, you know, the or you have the data overages, that we could just start sucking it up. They got you, boys, girls, and Zs. They got you. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about something much, much worse. No. <laughs> I don't know if it's much, much worse than Comcast, but there's certainly at parody. <laughs> it's up there. Uh, and what we're going to talk about is none other than, well, if you are in the sovereign tech telegram group, you uh, saw me share pictures. Actually, if you follow me on Twitter as well, uh, you saw me share pictures there also of a device that I ended up getting in early access. That is the Amazon halo band. I think that's the full name for it. You don't just call it the Amazon halo, but the Amazon halo band. Now I want to say back in September of 2020, we already discussed uh, this product when it got announced. Um, and I asked in the telegram group, because obviously I am a person and it's a, it's a core aspect of sovereign tech, you know, privacy, right? So I asked in the telegram group, I said, Hey guys, what do you think? Like, should I, I got the offer from Amazon that I can get my hands on a halo band. Should I take the offer? Like it might make for interesting content for the show. And the people that responded said, yeah, you know what? Take it for the show. <laughs> and so, okay, I did. So, uh, I, I got one, um, and I used it for some weeks. And if you want to know how I feel about it, I guess I could open this up. You're going to have to find out why, but I guess I can just open this whole episode up with saying I've already returned it to Amazon to get my money back. So if that gives you an idea of what's going on now, you know, let's be clear here. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that I thought was bad, right? I'm not saying that it isn't, but I'm also, you know, in saying that I returned, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It also just might be something that doesn't work for me. And as we talk about the Amazon halo in this little special here that we're doing for sovereign tech, as I talk about it, maybe you'll find that the features that I mentioned to you and what it does is actually beneficial for you. I could believe that, that there are people who would find this device to be useful for them. Um, but I guess I am admitting since I returned it and I didn't have to, but since I did, I am admitting that it's something that I didn't find useful. So at the very least, you know, that much this far into the episode, but we need to do a full review 
and get into the rest, uh, rest of it and talk about, you know, the pros and cons. Are there any pros? Are there any cons? And, you know, why don't I find it useful and so on? And that's what we're going to do here. So this was a device just recently got announced earlier this year, or, or I mean, uh, I mean, just a couple months ago where this is episode is coming out in November of 2020. Uh, it was announced maybe a month or two ago. I want to say it was back in September. It might've been early October even. Uh, I was very negative about it in my, you know, just my initial thoughts in what, you know, Amazon was putting on offer. Uh, there were some positives that I brought up when I discussed it on Sovereign Tech Proper. Um, and some of those positives do still stand. Some of the negatives, eh, well, anyway, we'll talk about it. So to understand the halo band, let's get into a little bit of an abstract of what this is. Okay. This is a odd device. It is effectively a fitness tracker, though it is somewhat more, but also it's somewhat less than what other fitness trackers are. Now I am not unfamiliar with fitness trackers. Um, I have used Fitbits in the past. Um, I have used and actually do still have, um, a me band, uh, I have the Mi Band, what is it, the four or the five? <laughs> what number are we up to on there? But I've been using the Mi Band since the, since the three. So yeah, I think we're up to the five. Um, and I've reviewed them on the show and I've talked about them where they are useful. Of course, I also don't think they're useful as far as fitness goes, which I guess kind of buries the lead or doesn't bury the lead, but carpet for the horse. I don't know. There, there's some, there's some uh, uh, phrase for it, but regardless, I'm not unfamiliar with these things. and. To be clear, as longtime Sovereign, Te Sovereign Tech listeners know, uh, I am a fitness junkie. Uh, you know, I'm not somebody who's trying to get into the Mr. Olympia, but I certainly want to look, you know, okay standing next to those, uh, you know, next standing next to those guys. Uh, I, you know, I go to the gym often. Um, I work out at least five days a week, generally. Uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes a little bit less, depends. But you know, when I do, it's an hour to two hours. I mean, I, I take fitness really, really fucking seriously. Okay. Um, so I am absolutely, you know, a person to, I think has a reason, uh, and perspective and perspective to give on a device like this. I'm not someone who just, you know, sits on a, a couch in front of a 80 inch screen and, you know, eats Doritos all the time, which, Hey, guess what? If you, that's how you want to rock and roll, baby. Seriously, no judgment from me on that. Uh, though the halo band would probably judge it pretty harshly. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So the halo band, uh, it is a fitness tracker basically. Um, though the app is where anything really gets interesting. Uh, the first thing to talk about with this, uh, and then we'll get into what the app offers and what the device offers. Uh, to talk about the device itself, it has no screen. This is what separates it very much from the devices I just mentioned. Um, there's not even, you know, a watch face. There's, there's nothing on it. What is interesting is that at the same time, while it has no screen, I feel like this is the largest and heaviest of any fitness tracker I've ever used minus say, you know, an Apple watch or something. Not that I've used those fuck Apple, but it's a surprisingly bulky little device to not have a screen. I mean, it, it's, it's, it feels fairly substantial on the wrist. Uh, it's in fact, let's talk about price for a second. So if you get in on it for early access, it is $65. Uh, if you get it after early access, if it's allowed to come out after early access and Amazon will do that from time to time, the, the echo glasses are a thing. Now folks, we'll be talking about that on sovereign tech, uh, eventually as well. Not that I'm going to buy one or do a review. No, sorry, folks. I do have limits on what, <laughs> I mean, I'll do anything for my show, but I have limits on, on really what I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not going there. Bottom line. Okay. Uh, now there's also, when you get it in early access, um, you get a free, you get a free six month subscription to the halo app and what the halo app offers. So there are features that only come with a subscription to the app. We'll talk about that more later, but that is $5 a month, I believe. And, but again, you get a free six months and then you have to pay the $5 and whatever. Uh, so back to the device itself, however, so that's the cost that we're looking at. This is, 
I mean, and that's putting it, frankly, as far as fitness trackers go, that's putting it in a more premium range. For example, the Mi Band 5 only costs 40 bucks. Uh, in fact, previous models only cost $30. Um, and there are other, you know, fitness bands that you can get that do a, an okay job that frankly would only cost you like $15. So we're in, you know, we're in a bit of the upper echelons as far as price goes. Uh, it does feel like a premium product, even though there's not much to this. Uh, it does feel good on the wrist. The uh, woven band that comes with it is very comfortable. Um, and it does dry quickly. I did the whole shower tests and everything. Go ahead and imagine me in a, in a shower. If that makes you feel better, but I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that. But anyway, uh, I did also get my hands on cause they have alternative, uh, straps that you can uh, buy for it. Um, I did get their, uh, silicone one that has a lot of the, the perforations, a lot of the holes in it that is designed to drain quicker and deal with sweat better and whatever, you know, it's, it's like their sport band for it. Um, those run about $15. I did get one of those, uh, also very comfortable. And as far as like, if you're concerned about the band being wet or smelling over time due to sweat or something along those lines, uh, the sport band, um, you know, will definitely resolve that issue. Uh, but very, very nice band. I mean, this is, Definitely the most comfortable, uh, fitness tracker that I have worn out of any that I've ever worn. So it gets points on that very comfortable. And again, it does have that premium feel, but I suppose in many ways, it's not hard to do a premium feel. And also it's probably a lot easier to do comfort when again, there's no display. There's, there's nothing there. All you have, there are a couple microphones on it and or at least one, it looks, I think there's two. Well, no, one of them's a light. One of them's the LED. The other is the microphone. So you have the microphone on it, which is used for the halo tone feature, which we will talk about. And for many is probably the main selling point for this. Um, but yeah, so, and, and it has one very large button, um, on it, which I feel like, and, and I, I looked into it a, a few days ago, the button on the device, talk about a bait and switch, no pun intended on the switch. I think there was a bait and switch there because I seem to recall when they were initially showing it, that it, there was like a hard switch that you like a toggle switch that you flipped that was inlaid, not an actual button. Um, as to where, what I got was an actual button, but I, I could be wrong about that, but I thought I saw that maybe, maybe there's some confusing pictures there or what it doesn't matter. Uh, regardless, that is more relative to when we talk about tone with this, but we'll keep going. So there is one big button on it that does a bunch of different features. It helps with pairing. Uh, it can activate tone, uh, manually. Um, it can do, help with a factory reset of the device. Um, and we, 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 if somehow I forget about it while we're talking about this, the deletion of data that this device collects about you, and what it takes to remove your account and so on is a conversation that needs to be had, but I don't want to have it here yet because we need to look at the whole perspective of what this is collecting and doing. So yeah, the band feels good. Again, there's not much to it. Uh, no display whatsoever. Uh, you know, to talk about that, I think that's important to bring up quick. It, and you can set within the app, and this is true for many fitness trackers where you can choose whether or not, okay, or where you tell the app, okay, is this on the uh, left wrist or right wrist? I'm not exactly sure what the importance is there. It might have to do somehow with heart rate tracking, which this also has a heart rate tracker on it. Um, of course that, I mean, that's, that's one of the key elements involved here that we'll talk about. Um, it is not, I mean, like with the Mi Band 5, heart rate tracking is more of an optional feature that you can turn off to save battery. Uh, and we're going to talk about battery life on this thing. <laughs> oh boy, are we, um, you know, that, that, but this is the heart rate tracking is essential, uh, essential and a central feature of the entire halo, uh, experience. Okay. So that's important to bring up. Um, but you know, it easily, it, it, it sits on your right wrist, uh, but I, I have to admit, like it, it just sits there and kind of does nothing else. 
there's a part of me that I like not having one more screen, but then at the same time, it feels like it's taking up arm real estate. And especially when you're doing certain activities, it's very much in the way. I mean, you do kind of forget that it's there other than you see it. You don't necessarily, you don't necessarily feel it unless you're going through. I mean, it's the same reason. Cause like, here's the thing. So I still wear watches, traditional watches, not smart watches. I don't wear smart watches at all. I still wear traditional watches. Okay. Um, so if I were interested in having a fitness tracker, I mean, I guess because I'm also a person that likes to wear traditional watches. And of course, this is not a surprise for Amazon to do right. Because why would they undercut, uh, one of their top sellers on Amazon, that being watches of any stripe. Um, they're wanting to be like an add on to the rest of your arm candy, whether it's smart or not. And so, you know, I get their idea that they're saying, and, and, I kind of appreciate it that they're trying to push this notion that, well, we're not adding another screen to your life because you don't need that. Well, that's also getting into the area that, I mean, Amazon has really won in the space of non-smartphone, meaning they have won, in, you know, with, with the Echo, right? Where they just, you know, because they failed with the Fire Phone, Fire Tablets aren't exactly setting thing on anything on Fire um, but echoes, you know, the Amazon echo and Alexa, I mean, are, are just you know through the roof. I mean, it, it seems like everybody's got this right. Interesting to point out. So again, them not, you know, wanting to deal in screens. That's fine. They do well with smart devices without screens anyway. That's almost Amazon's MO at this stage, but it's interesting to point out that Alexa integration is effectively non-existent with this. Now, they probably, because of how much they were touting, how much Amazon was touting that the Halo band uh, could do and collect about you, they probably didn't want it to you know, connect to Alexa uh, for to try and bypass people with privacy concerns. But I imagine that most people that would be okay with this device anyway want would want Alexa on it. Um so I get why Alexa's not there, but then at the same time, it, it sort of adds to the overall pointlessness of this device, you know, where, where this, it almost feels superfluous, but again, this speaks to the point where it might not be for me, but it may be for you. If you're the kind of person that also likes to wear watches of some kind of stripe, but then you feel stupid having a Fitbit that also tells you the time. And then you get annoyed by people asking you, why do you wear both when your Fitbit is already telling you the time? Well, this might be somewhat of a solution as far as that goes. But for me, I constantly found myself uh, because one of the nice things is that when I would wear, you know, a me band to the gym, uh, it was handy for uh, quite a few reasons, but it was handy to have the time on my wrist, you know, cause I don't normally wear a watch. Uh, I don't know how guys do that. I know they do, but I don't know how they wear watches uh, when working out. I mean, it just gets in the way of the wrist. And when you're putting on like Cobra grips and everything, you know, to do big lifts, uh, I mean, it's just a pain in the ass. I can't picture why people do that. But regardless, um, it felt like that was really missing at the gym, um, you know, to not have the time on it. And so, again, that it sort of adds into that pointlessness. Uh, if it had a little speaker on it and Alexa there, maybe a lot of that would be resolved. That's not to say that I'm not pleased overall, me, myself, that Alexa is not attached to it in any way. However, again, for a lot of people, I think most people that would actually really want this device, they would want Alexa there. Um, of course, this device is completely pointless and does nothing without the app, without a smartphone nearby. So, and it's easy enough to put Alexa on a smartphone. So what the hell, you know, <laughs> now I grant you that much like other fitness trackers, you can certainly, it can collect data while you are away from your smartphone. For example, if I don't have my smartphone with me when I'm at the gym, which I love doing that when I get the opportunity, um, it's still, you know, once, once the halo band got in range, basically Bluetooth, and of course it connects via Bluetooth. Once it got in range of my smartphone, it just uploaded, you know, the data and this thing syncs on average every hour. It's syncing, you know, the data uh, that it collects. I am not hundred percent sure what the onboard storage is on this thing, but again, it's as big, if not bigger than any other fitness tracker out there. 
and none of that space is related to a screen. I always assumed that the size of, you know, as Fitbits got larger or the size of the Mi Band and some others was wholly related to fitting the screen on there, right? That's the biggest piece of tech involved. And so that's why, again, I say it's really surprising how big the Halo Band, you know, the, the actual device of the Halo Band is because there's no screen. So what the fuck's in there? You know, <laughs> I mean, they, they must have jammed a lot of technology into that. Now, we've talked a lot about the hardware itself. Let's talk about the software. Let's talk about the app, uh, what all that technology, you know, what it's collecting, where it's sending it to. Um, again, a lot of, as it relates to voice recordings done through t- the tone feature, which is supposed to give you feedback effectively on uh, the nature of your conversations throughout the day. Are you negative or positive? It goes much deeper than that. We'll talk about tone. Uh, again, that's kind of the biggest thing, you know, about this. Um, but let's talk about the, the app itself and what that is putting ultimately on offer. Um, the app, of course, available for iOS and Android. Um, this is an app that has a lot in it. Um, when it ends up charging you after the six month, uh, subscription, you know, free subscription period, when it starts charging you the $5, uh, if again, if you're into this sort of thing, I think it's actually very worthwhile. Why? Because a lot of, we'll talk about like the features that it it natively shows you. And a lot of which would still work even if you don't have a subscription, but it collects, um, ideas and I don't want to call them workouts, but varying things that you can do to improve your health from a lot of different sources like, uh, uh, weight watchers, sweat, headspace, right. For meditating and a lot of these other things. And most of those apps on their own, not the halo app, but the separate apps like headspace and so on, they have their own premium subscription models that cost about as much as, you know, real ultimately, uh, the, the halo app subscription. And so you're sort of getting all of those condensed into one place for frankly, a much lower price. You might not get access to everything, but you get access to a lot. And as far as what gets put on offer from these other sources like headspace and others, I mean, you have to understand that the halo band, what it's trying to do is give you not just track your steps, but to give you a more holistic overview, uh, and a more holistic approach to your health. That's why it has the tone feature where it, you know, rates your conversation. That's why the heart rate meter is going all the time. That's why, I mean, there's, there's lots of little things involved that it's trying to do. And I mean, cause a lot of the recommendations within the app and the, basically the tasks that you can do within the app, they call them labs, I think, but the tasks that you can do with them, uh, you know, are related to mindfulness, meditating, de-stressing, you know, all these kinds of things, you know, like it'll recommend to you drink a whole glass of water before every meal. Those are great recommendations to make. I mean, they really are. Of course, a key point to keep in mind is that a lot of those things, especially as far as mindfulness or diet and others, there's no way that the halo band, it's just a fucking wristband, right? Overall, it can't enforce any of that. And it can't really track any of that unless it's going to start taking, and this might come in the future, unless it's going to start taking pictures of your plates of food um, or whatever else. But bottom line is, is it can't really track or enforce much of that. Only what you, uh, uh, you know, self-report to the app. What the app does collect is there's the tone feature, which tracks your voice. Um, there it does. It's a sleep tracker as well. Um, I will say on the sleep tracking, let's talk about that quick. I feel like it is wildly off. Now, every, we know, or sovereign tech listeners know every single sleep tracker that isn't some kind of device that attaches an electrode to your forehead. And I'm not kidding about that is a failure. It is a rounded figure of your sleep. Uh, part of the problem though, is that a lot of like the labs within the halo app are, you know, it's kind of gamification of your health. So like it wants you to get at least seven hours of sleep for four nights in a row. But if the sleep tracker is fucking off, right. If, if it doesn't track your sleep, well, um, you know, it, it can fail. And, and I experienced that 
where there were plenty of nights where I know I got over seven hours of sleep and the halo app said it was under seven or it said how long it took me. It told me how long it took me to fall asleep, which was kind of interesting. Um, but it was also way off base as far as that goes, because I know, and of course, Ellen also knows who sleeps next to me. I mean, I fall asleep basically instantly. Like I'm just out. It does not take 15 minutes. It does not take 30 minutes, but according to the halo app, it did. So it's sleep tracking off. Um, it, there's also the body mass index part of this, which is kind of the other differentiating feature next to the tone feature. And this is using your smartphone. It takes a picture of you, a 360 degree picture of you, and it gauges your body mass index better, you know, your body fat percentage better than, you know, like it, it does it in a very professional way. Um, I get what it's saying and I get how that works and that works. Okay. And there's an interesting feature where you can kind of see what you would look like when your body percent, when your body fat percentage is, you know, lower and that can be inspiring. I get that. Um, I'm not, I mean, there are people who are worried about uploading half naked pictures of yourself to, to Amazon. And I understand where you're coming from on that, but that part of the feature does very, I, I feel like that worked fairly well. Um, for, for what it is. And they tout how this is a feature that is giving you at least a 70 to hundred dollar value, because that's what it would cost for you to go somewhere to a salon or something along those lines that would give you an accurate, um, you know, body fat percentage, but this does it, you know, just as part of the, the halo feature. The thing is, is again, that is a feature that has literally nothing to do with wearing a, uh, a fitness tracker around your wrist that is listening to you all the time. If you have that turned on, is that worth it? Or why can't you just pay for an app that does that on its own? Right. That doesn't have to be, I mean, it's like, it's an add on, but it's a, it's a, I mean, you could say it's creepy. Sure but it's an add-on that has nothing to do with the technology that was sold to you. So it's kind of a weird add-on to have there. Um, now there's an activity score that it gives you, and this is Amazon doing some things right, but there's problems here. What they're doing right is that they give you, um, you know, there's like a range of activity points that you're supposed to get. Basically they're not tracking. They do track how many steps you get in a day. And that does add to your activity score. And you you're trying to reach for, I think the activity score is 300 points, but instead of giving you metrics by the day, you can look at them by the day, but instead of it, like gauging your overall health by what you do every day, like most fitness trackers do, or even every hour, like most fitness trackers do, it gives you more of a ranking, a weekly ranking, and it puts everything together at the end of the week. Now I approve of that. I think that's great. Okay. Just like checking your weight, you know, every day is frankly pointless, you know, checking your weight over longer periods of time. Okay. Then maybe that metric could actually mean something to your health or to, you know, your, your goals, but every day, I mean, people have just got to get over that kind of obsession. So I appreciate that Amazon is looking for a longer term uh, uh, like what does the data say on a longer term? What does it say every week? Not every day. That's a good thing. Okay. But here's now here's the rub. And I thought that the halo band would do a better job of this. This is part of the reason that I was intrigued to try it. So as far as my fitness goes, the primary aspect of my fitness among, you know, many other things, uh, is weightlifting. It does not track weightlifting. No fitness tracker tracks weightlifting. The problem here is, okay. And this gets into a larger subject that I'm going to try and keep condensed because I don't want this to be a, a really long special, but we got to get this review in. The problem here is, is that weightlifting, you know, is yes, it's a specific type of fitness, you know, uh, resistance training, right? It's a great one but it's a very specific type. A lot of fitness trackers are getting offered to people today, maybe not so much during the pandemic, but certainly before it and likely after it, um, <laughs> we won't go there, but <laughs> then after it, um, 
are being offered actually by your place of employment, by your work in conjunction with your uh, medical insurance plan through your work. And you get some kind of discount if you're willing to wear, uh, you know, a fitness tracker. Now, part of that is, and, and it hasn't exactly gotten to this, but in some areas it has where that data from the fitness tracker is being used to how basically what is your insurance rate? Okay. Through your work. Here's the deal. You could be wildly fit, right? Wildly fit every day of your life because you do resistance training, you do weightlifting. But if how you, you know, as far as like what that means to you in dollars and cents in, as compared to your, uh, you know, your insurance coverage, your medical insurance coverage, they're going to have no idea that you do that every day. Oh, your heart rate might be all right, but they have no fight because maybe they have the heart rate monitoring on, but they would have no fucking clue how fit you are if they entirely based it upon. And again, that's part of the proposition of why they're putting, you know, why they want you wearing the strap and why, you know, why that's, that's out there, why that's an offer. Uh, they just wouldn't know. And so I always feel like these, these, uh, you know, fitness trackers are ultimately meaningless when they can't do anything for you. If your main gig is weightlifting, these mean nothing for bodybuilders, nothing. Other than, okay, maybe you know that your heart rate's up, but there's so many other great ways to do that. In fact, fuck most gyms, you know, on the, be it on the treadmill or whatever, uh, uh, exercise equipment you get on, we'll give it to you totally for free and anonymously or fairly anonymously. You know, your, your heart rate would say when you're on the machine. So no, you don't need a fitness tracker to do that, right? <laughs> or to, to, to get your heart rate when it matters. Uh, that, that's, that's horseshit. So, and, and also, I mean, as far as like the pointlessness of collecting, you know, of wearing a fitness tracker to see how many steps you get in. And I know that smartphones can be inaccurate in this, but most smartphones can do that automatically, you know, with the Google fit, uh, app or with, you know, Apple health or whatever, they can do that just with the smartphone alone. But I guarantee you that's as worthwhile a, as off as that might be, I assure you the fitness trackers are wildly off as well. And you know, why add on the device? If the, all the numbers are going to be off and you really care about it, why add on the device when you can just use the one you've already got, it just becomes pointless. So basically if you are into lifting weights, this device does nothing for you. And their marketing language when it was first announced seemed to point at that it would measure your activity throughout the day. Not just your steps, but your activity. Well, I can tell you it fails on that because you know where else it fails? It also has no idea when I'm having sex. Am I glad that it has no idea when I'm having sex? Sure, on a privacy level, yes. But at the same time, you know, you ask almost any doctor and they're going to talk, if they're willing to, they're going to talk wildly about the benefits of having sex and of having a lot of it. It should absolutely be something that a fitness tracker that is trying to have a holistic approach to fitness should include and should consider. Now you can add these things in independently. Not that I'm going to fucking tell, you know, Amazon when I'm having sex, but you can add these things independently. And I suppose to some degree because of the heart, the uh, persistent heart rate tracking that it can tell if you're honest or not, right? If you say that you got in a two hour workout at X next time, it might be able to compare that. Well, okay. Well, how heavy was that workout? And that might be kind of interesting, but Again, we're talking about what is clearly based on the price alone, a premium device. I should not have to be entering in my own information like that every single day. And I have to every single day. I have to tell it when I went for a hike. I have to tell it when I went to the gym, you know, when weightlifting, I should have to tell it, you know, blah, 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 all these things that becomes a chore that becomes meaningless. And again, if I didn't manually do it, the picture that this would have of my health other than the picture that it gets for BMI is would not be accurate. And it'd be frankly untrue. So that's a problem overall with that. Right now, uh, as far as, you know, here's the other part of that, um, because a lot of the labs that it offers, uh, you know, like what, what workouts you can do 
And look, this is great for beginners. And in fact, maybe that's ultimately where this can come where, where this is worthwhile, where this, where this device, the halo band and its adjoining app are worthwhile. If you are just beginning in the fitness space, and I mean, you have no knowledge. If you are just beginning, um, there's a lot of great recommendations from a lot of great reputable sources in the halo app itself for you to do. Um, Frankly, I think that if you put in weightlifting into, you know, into the app and and when you put in as much activity as I do into the Halo app, it should adjust. And I know this product's in early access, but you've got to, you've got to get the fitness buffs on this first because they're your word of mouth. They're the ones that are going to review it and tell people whether or not they should buy it. And you can hear me. I'm telling you that this thing is largely worthless. Moving on, (laughs) if I put in what I've been doing, you know, and in fact, if I'm already having to enter in that I'm weightlifting, why not ask me more questions? Like how much weight were you using? You know, and, and so on. And and because there are apps like fit plan does that. There's a lot of, there are a lot of them that will do that where they want to know, have you progressively moved up? What, you know, what weight dumbbells were you using and all that. Halo app asks for none of that information. But point being is that if I'm weightlifting every single day, it really should alter and give me some advanced courses with the Halo labs and the Halo app. It does not do that. So failure. Okay. Like I'm taking off marks on that. The mindfulness stuff, getting you into meditating. um, Like I did a thing where for a whole week, you listen to 10 minutes of nature sounds every day. Uh, I mean, those are all great ideas, great options, but there's plenty of ways to do that without buying the halo band or using the halo app and giving all of your data to, and giving so such and so much of that data to Amazon, whatever they're encrypting or doing client side or not. So while I think that that's great and I'm supportive of it, and they are clearly trying to be very, you know, holistic in training you training, you know, mind, body, right? both as one while they are trying for that. I feel like they fail on those levels, unless you are completely unknowledgeable and you are an absolute beginner. But let's be clear on this is that they tell you this really is only a device. If you are 18 years and older and not that I expect everybody above 18 years old to have knowledge about fitness. Okay. But (laughs) the people that I would largely consider the largest audience of beginners would be younger than 18. So that that's kind of a, a, a weird territory with this. And I, you know, I actually, I read some other reviews on this. There have been very few reviews that have been positive. A lot of people said, yeah, this is a, this is very different. Um, but you know, a lot of the reviews said the same thing that I felt is like, wait, who's the audience here? You know, because if you're actually into fitness, it doesn't go far enough. Um, if you have any knowledge, as far as fitness goes, I don't think it really goes far enough there and it starts at too much of a beginner level. Again, I understand that this is early access and that it can improve and it probably will, but there is a cost up front, right? And, and I'm tired of Silicon Valley making us pay for their growing pains. That's not how the markets, in my opinion, that's not how the market's supposed to work, or at least that's not how you provide value to a customer is by basically charging them to, you know, basically (laughs) you're paying for, for their, uh, 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 trial period for their time of growing pains when no, they should fund their own growing pains with an R and D budget. And then when they've got a product that actually fucking works and does something for you, then they sell it to you. That's good business. That's not what Amazon's doing here, uh, or the bulk of Silicon Valley, quite frankly. So moving on, um, from, from that. So the app is where, again, a lot of this action happens. Now let's talk about probably the, the oddest and the part that people had the most to say about, and that's the tone feature of the halo app where it is rating you. It's rating again, it's rating your conversations and ultimately your voice, uh, and your interactions, your verbal interactions throughout the day. This. And then we got to talk about battery life. We have to, I know I don't like saying that phrase, but no, I mean it this fucking time. We have to talk about battery life. The tone feature. So there's a microphone on the halo band and 
Well, all right, let, let me back this up just a little bit. Because when I talked about this on Sovereign Tech when it was first announced, I compared it to Demolition Man. Well, of 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 all ironies, and I don't think it's actually an irony, I think it was on purpose. Somebody was having fun at Amazon HQ. When you first open up the device, and as you get communication, be it in the app or via email or whatever, um, from Amazon, like when you open it up and you read the booklet, the last page on the booklet has in big, bold letters, only two words, be well. And that's exactly what they said in demolition, man, the, the Sylvester Stallone movie in the future in St. Angeles. They're like, Oh, be well, John Spartan, you know, and all it's almost like they're in on the gag because that's what I compared this to where it's like tracking. And, you know, if you somehow swear or have some kind of verbal violation, um, you know, you get a fine for it. Now, obviously Amazon's not finding anybody yet, but this is a feature that I think is also a complete fail. Um, I would leave it on. Okay. And, you know, made, made it aware that it was on, made everybody aware that it was on right to be, you know, I, I think that that's proper etiquette in our civilization today. Just like if you have an echo, you should let people know when they're walking into your home, especially for the first time. Um, I had this on and the way that it ranked my conversations was completely off base, completely off base. Now I did have it on while I was recording an episode uh, or episodes of sovereign tech as well. Uh, and it seemed to rank those as largely negative. Well, of course, because <laughs> right? it does seem like I'm just constantly screaming and hollering, but here's the, here's the thing folks about me when I'm not recording sovereign tech and complaining what the tech giants are doing or blah, 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 you know, or anything like that. Like I am the happiest guy in the fucking world. Yes. I'm also the busiest guy in the world. And it's, it's, it's a challenge for me to, you know, squeeze in time, you know, to, to record. Uh, I mean, you know, I do a two hour show, like it's tough to get in those two hours sometimes. Uh, but bottom line being is that ultimately I am, I am so fucking happy. I mean, I'm with the love of my life. I have an amazing, amazing relationship, you know, with Ellen. I mean, it's, it's a romantic relationship beyond compare. Uh, my, you know, living conditions are comfortable. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I eat tremendous food. Like I, I don't have, uh, other than being incredibly overworked, you know, but even with that, I don't really show that. Okay. Like I am ridiculously happy, ridiculously happy. But if you looked at the Halo app, it would suggest that, oh no, I am constantly sad. I mean, folk, like I am laughing all the time. I am, I am talking about amazing things all the time. Do you think that I'm sad when I'm having a conversation with Ellen about the, you know, ethical implications of something that happened on Babylon five? Fuck no. I am happy as shit, man. <laughs> that is a dream come true for me. You understand? But not according to the Halo app. Now it does. It's interesting how it ranks things. Okay. Because it ranks things. It tries to tell you, uh, it doesn't just tell you if it was positive or negative. It tells you if you, Oh, you sounded sad or you sounded, uh, depressed or you sounded agitated or you sounded annoyed or you sounded happy or you sounded charming. Like it really tries to describe and it gives you a percentage throughout the day of how much of the day did you sound sad? much of the day did you sound happy or whatever? Now, despite the fact that I feel like it's even based upon the generally accepted definitions of those terms within society today, I'm very particular in saying that it gets it wrong, even within those, those confines, within those definitions. Now I have a, and, and this is nothing new. I've talked about this many times. Um, it is a fact you understand it is a fact that the definitions the terms that we use for our emotions as a species in the english language are not scientific terms terms like fear terms like uh, uh love happy all, you know or, or you know all these different uh, jealousy all these different things you can say yes we attribute them to an effect or to a cause sure but they are terms literally lifted from Victorian novels. They have never, you know, nobody's ever really done a full on science of 
our emotions other than maybe like William Moulton Marston with, you know, the emotions of normal people. But this is a point that he's brought up as well is that we've taken these terms like fear. And uh, I mean, go down the list of it, of, of, you know, terms that you use to describe emotions. And they, they were terms just lifted from, you know, from, from novels, from works of, of, of fiction. The problem there is that, we attribute, we have a problem attributing cause and effect with the terms that we use for emotions to the point that I think that, you know, nobody really knows, like, I mean, and the easiest word to point at is love. Like, okay, what do you mean by love? Is it romantic love? Is this, and you could say, well, I can add an adjective or something to it, or, you know, I can, I can add a descriptor to it. Uh, but all of that runs into massive problems in conversation where we really don't know often enough what we're talking about when we're talking about our emotions. It's a miracle that we can even have conversations around psychology when it comes to that. In fact, maybe <laughs> those conversations fail on their own for the same reason. So I almost wish that the Halo app would or that the tone feature would actually be a little more broad in ranking and saying, Oh, that was positive or negative. You know, that, that interaction, that verbal interaction as compared to trying to guess or analyze the specific emotion, because I think that those terms are wholly unscientific and I'm not the only one. Just nobody wants to talk about that. Right. Because then like maybe our greatest works of prose, we don't relate to as well <laughs> when it when it comes down to it. So I feel that the way tone describes what you're supposedly feeling is off. Um, it's not even getting my tone pun intended. It's not getting my tone correct at all. And yes, this is something, this is a very new idea or a fairly new idea, I would think, or at least a rarer idea. Um, and so it's, it's something sure that it's going to have growing pains. It's going to take time perhaps to get right. But I think even its implementation is just wrong. It's just off. And, you know, actually Ellen, when we were talking about this, she, she brought up a really great point where she said, Oh, well, actually, I think a feature like that could work very well at work, you know, in a professional space. And it brought up a, a very important point for me. And that is, and this is a similar uh, argument that I levy against say like Google glass or some of the other ideas that uh, even perhaps like the echo glasses from Amazon and so on is that a lot of these ideas like the halo band, Google glass, et cetera, that, you know, have seemed to be like really, you know, kind of quantum leaps in market categories, perhaps a lot of them, when they show you the demo of how you can use these, it's often when maybe you're doing something at work or you're doing something of, you know, particular interest, it's not you just being at home on your computer or, you know, on a, on a game console or, you know, even going, maybe not going, even going for a hike or, or, you know, making dinner or whatever. A lot of these products, cause when she talked about it and when she was, you know, uh, when I was explaining the feature set and everything, she says, yeah, that could work, you know, in a professional, like in the enterprise space, in a professional setting, you know, when, when you're at work um, and to help with your work and things like this, uh, like in the retail space. So that could be very, you know, that could be a very uh, useful feature, perhaps engaging customer service or some other things. I don't disagree with that. Just like Google Glass, I think absolutely has, I mean, it's a great idea if you're a car mechanic or a helicopter mechanic or something like that because it could really give you like an overlay of the engine and maybe, you know, where something goes or it can identify problems and so on. Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm with you. But that's not who these products get sold to. The Amazon halo band is not getting sold to whatever company out there, right? To whatever, you know, uh, I don't know, pick an industry. It's being sold to you, the everyday person just like Google glass was getting sold to you, the everyday person. And then Google did kind of wisen up and started, you know, concentrating more on selling it, uh, you know, to the enterprise space. And th that's kind of the problem, right? Okay. We can make sense of it, you know, within uh, a professional setting, but in a personal setting, Oh no, 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 
no, this is just trampling on my privacy, uh, you know, at best. And, you know, uh, creating uh, actually uh, unhealthy, perhaps situations at worst or unhealthy scenarios or unhealthy habits for me at worst. And when I say unhealthy habits, I mean, because there's a lot of gamification involved with this, with, with the halo band. And I think gamification is a very real problem in fitness because I feel like it lends you to not to being honest because none of these things can track you very well, as we've already described with the halo band, but it kind of lends you to sort of, you know, cheating where you can and just kind of like meeting these certain numbers and wanting to meet the, the, the parameters that an app sets for you are absolutely not the same thing as what is best for you and your own health, because you can only really know that by listening to your body, not to some fucking app. And that's my real problem with gamification with a lot of fitness. That's actually my problem with gamification of a lot of things. Now, I mean, you can play, I think it's fun to, and I've talked about this many times in fitness specials that I've done. And it's one of my top pieces of advice when it comes to fitness. Yeah. If you want to role play in your head that, you know, I don't know, you're, you're a gladiator or something and you know, you're working out and when you're done with the workout, I don't know. You're, you're going to go have some fun with, uh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever your, uh, uh, master of the house offers you, I guess. Um, you know that, like, I think that's great and that's fine. You know, if you want it, you want to role play into that stuff. I mean, I'm a hundred percent supportive of that, but again, that's all an internal game in your head. That's not something being done by an app. I mean, they're, they're like those running apps, uh, that can be kind of interesting where they turn like your jog into a game or something like that. But again, that, that, that really doesn't have much to do, especially if your fitness is more around weightlifting or even perhaps something a little more holistic. Uh, like supposedly the band was, was really trying to, you know, to address. So ultimately the tone feature fails on many counts. I mean, even within its own, again, within its own parameters, it, uh, it's not accurate. Is it going to get there? Sure. But then fine. Charge me when it gets there. All right. Offer me, offer it to me when it gets there. Don't. And yeah, you can say, well, you had to sign up for early access. Yeah, I understand, but they're still charging you. Yeah. You're getting a little bit of a discount, still charging you. Speaking of charging, I had to charge this thing a lot. This is because like I said, where I could see this could be helpful for some people, not exactly sure who is that much of a beginner, but where I could see this being helpful for some people, Okay. And even if you want to say, because actually Amazon makes it abundantly clear. If you are 500 pounds or more, the, uh, uh, the stats and everything that, that the halo app and band put on offer, uh, are going to be wildly inaccurate. So, cause you could say, well, this could be great for, you know, say, uh, you know, people who are, you know, at those levels of obesity or, you know, and, and that they want to No, <laughs> and Amazon admits it. So I'm not exactly sure who this is for, but anyway, even all, even if I felt positive about everything that it put on offer, let's say tone was great. Uh, the, the labs that it, that, that it wanted me to engage in were great. The, it actually could track weightlifting. You know, it could do everything right. The battery life alone on this thing would have made me return it. You are lucky. And I know people kind of say this sort of thing all the time, you know, Oh, you're lucky if you can get through it for a day. Well, I mean, there's, you know, like a smartphone. Well, yeah, my smartphone can't get through a whole day. Well, you know, let's be honest with ourselves and say, okay, but it's under heavy use. That screen's always on. I'm always checking for notifications or whatever. You, maybe that's what you say to yourself. I hope you admit to yourself anyway, so you can change it. But bottom line being in just its normal operation and Part of the halo band's normal operation is to have tone on at all times. And there are two settings for tone where you can have it collect less throughout the day or more throughout the day. Now, when you turn on those settings and it does go through a process of like, it has you read sentences. So it gets used to your tone of voice, right? When you go through that process, it'll give you the option of, do you want it to collect less or more? Now, when you tell it to collect less, it's supposed to give you two days of battery life. When you tell it to collect more, it's only going to give you one day of battery life, basically meaning you'll have to charge it once per day. 
no matter which setting I had it on. And it went through the app and the firmware updated at least a couple times during my ownership of it. I had to charge this thing every day. Now turn off the tone feature. And yeah, then I could get two days. But having tone on at all, I only got one, one day of use every morning. I would have to charge it for an hour and a half. And remember, this is a sleep tracker as well. That's part of your holistic health. You're not supposed to take it off at night. It's not like it's something that like your smartphone where you can just leave it on the charger overnight and you're good to go the next day. This is something where, I mean, cause like, so basically, I mean, for me, I work from home, have worked from home for years. So it's not a stretch for me to get up first thing in the morning while I'm having breakfast. Perhaps I have the, you know, the, the band charge. Um, it does have a little notification light on it, red and green, uh, and also blue when it's recording tone, by the way, but it has red and green, letting you know when it's charging, when it's done charging. Of course, the app also will notify you when it's done charging and so on. And the app also gives you the battery level um, when you look at that. Uh, but you know, so in the morning, yeah, I can put it on the charger, but if you're the kind of person who's get up and go, um, you don't have time to get this thing charged. The charger is also proprietary. It's one of those clamshell ones, the size of this thing. There is no reason they couldn't have just put a USB C port on this thing and have it charge on any USB C with any USB C cable. Uh, that, that is, that's proprietary nonsense on their part, a complete, another complete fail, but you know, charger aside, the fact that you have, you literally have to charge this thing every single day, especially to take advantage of every feature on offer. It's normal operation. The major selling points that differentiates it from a Fitbit or a Mi Band or whatever, you have to charge it every day. Unacceptable. And it's mind-boggling that you have to do that when you consider that there is no screen on this device because the screen just like on a smartphone is guaranteed to be the largest drain on this thing so again i don't know everything again it's a pretty thick block and there's probably an ass ton of sensors in there and we don't know how everything that's in there um it must be trying at least even though it fails it must be trying to detect a whole lot because for that battery drain with no screen, it's the only explanation. And it can't, again, tone, regardless if, if you set it for less or more to record your voice automatically, you know, it, you still have to charge it every day. And again, even if you turn tone off, you're looking at still every couple days, you have to charge this thing. And I think when you compare that to the Mi Band 5, where you don't have to charge it, and it has the screen on it and it can give you notifications and it can do so much more, uh, as far as beyond, you know, even failed fitness tracking when you don't have to charge that for, you only have to charge a Mi Band five every couple weeks. I mean, it, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, that, that is, that is such a failure on Amazon's part for the battery life for you to have to charge this thing every day, you're going to end up living for this fucking device instead of it enhancing your life. And I think that, I mean, that that's really the best way to end this whole conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a failure pretty much all the way around. It does interesting stuff. It has in the abstract, in its philosophy, I feel like it has a lot of great ideas. And when you first toy around with it, you know, you're like, oh, well, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. But then once it gets into execution and you see what it's like in your actual life, it fails on all of those counts. Um, and again, I mean, that, that charging, the fact you have to charge it every day. No way. No way. I mean, it's waterproof. You know, you can wear it in the shower. I think they recommend charging it while you're in the shower. But then what do you take it? You know, it takes at least an hour for the thing to charge. Um, I mean, you take an hour long showers. You know, if you're doing hour long showers, you might want to wear this thing on your wrist so it can track how much you're fapping. I mean, sorry, <laughs> long showers. Woo. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it just fails. It, it, not a good product. Uh, it's very tough to say anything really positive about it. Again, it, it can be inspiring in everything that it can do. But, you know, that leads to another problem is that there's so much within the app. It, it becomes confusing. And you don't even really know where to start. 
Uh, and then the app has no dark mode. I think that's a failure too. Again, I know it's early access, but what they're putting on offer and an execution just doesn't work. If you are into fitness, okay, there's no, I mean, and, and you're going to the distance of weight training. You want to get stronger and do all these other things. None of these fitness trackers are going to help you. In my opinion, I've yet to run into one that will help you. My entire argument for having the Mi Band 5 has to do with the fact that you can control, you know, you have media controls, right? Where you can control, you can pause the sound and play sound and turn the volume up and all that stuff and getting, you know, emergency notifications on your wrist and seeing the weather and the time. That's my entire argument around wearing a Mi Band 5. It has nothing to do ultimately with fitness. Uh, I think, yeah, again, there's a lot of great abstract ideas here for the, for the halo band, but none of them execute well at all. And some of them, it's not that they don't just execute well, they're dead wrong. So personally, I don't recommend this. Maybe you'd have a different experience, but I doubt it. I would not pick this up. I would wait for, I mean, if you really, really like the abstract ideas, it has wait for generation two. You know, wait for the second generation of this product if it gets there. Um, I can't imagine a whole lot of people are keeping this. In fact, the other part that I don't like is that it forces you to have a fate or doesn't force you. But if you want to connect with people around your Halo Band and what it's offering, um, there is a Facebook group for it. But that's the thing is that Amazon is officially promoting the use of a Facebook group. I think that's a failure too, because it's so easy to add in a social component into an app like that. It already does so much. Why not? Uh, so I, I thought that was a fail as well. Again, just none of this is executed, right? There's some great abstract ideas, but none of it is executed, right? So that's, I'm going to leave that there. Uh, oh no, no. I told you at the end. All right. We'll be quick on this. I told you at the end, this is a key point. I said that we, we want to talk about deleting because say you'd try it out and you want to get rid of it, deleting your data. Now credit to Amazon for giving you the option or at least the appearance of being able to delete all of your tone data, delete all the health data in the pictures, all that for deleting all the data that, that is attributed to the, uh, the halo band and app credit to them for that. When you start the process of doing so, I want to say all told to delete all my data. I went through probably 10 to 12 screens to do it. They really don't want you to do this. Like they really don't want you to delete the data. I mean, just, you know, factory resetting the band, hold the button down for 25 seconds on the device and it's factory reset, but Oh no, deleting your data that they collected about you. Oh no, no, no. That's a very arduous process. And I want you to walk away from this, this entire episode with this point in mind. Setting up the Halo Band app was incredibly simple. Getting it to start collecting all of that data, I went through maybe a total of, I don't know, two or three screens to suddenly collect my voice, to do, I mean, all, all kinds of things, everything that this would collect about you. I want you to pay attention to the onboarding process to an app and it's data collection and a service, you know, say like what it takes to log into Facebook, very easy, or to log into whatever app or services. Hey, you can just use your Google account, simple one click and you're done. But then what does the process look like to delete your account or to delete your data that you've given said app and service night and day difference. It is an arduous process to delete all of your data. What I'm telling you is that it should be, an equally, if not more so, arduous process to start collecting your data. It should be hard for you to create an account. It should be hard for them to start collecting your data. It should not be an easy thing. It should not be a bunch of okays. It should be over and over again saying, are you sure it could be used for this? Are you sure? Are you sure? It should be asking, are you sure over and over and over again? Because that's what it's like when you ask to delete your data. It's an arduous process. You're going to go through so many screens. That fact alone should be perspective uh, uh, shifting for you, perspective altering for you. And that is so inherently, it's such an inherent contradiction 
in everything that gets that they get schlepped by you, not just by the tech giants, but a lot of developers and others. I mean, they really, they, they want the onboarding process to be simple and they want the exit process to be, to have as much friction as possible. It should be the other way around. It should be absolutely the other way around. And it's not. And this was something that became painfully clear with this halo band. And it was clear because of the astounding amount of data that it wants to collect about you, whether it encrypts it or not, the amount of data it wants to collect about you. And then what it takes to delete all of that. The math doesn't add up there as being pro-consumer or pro-privacy. So that's it. I'm going to end this with that. This ended up going an hour. I can't believe that. I, I planned on it being 20, 30 minutes, but it ended up being an hour. So we'll wrap this up here. More Sovereign Tech to come. Lots of specials to get into and TIE Fighter Renegades and so much more uh, in the coming days. I will see all of you whoo, on the other side. Don't buy the Halo Band. Don't. Just don't do it. I'll see you on the other side.